Well, Deion Sanders can make headlines without trying, but he was not the only person at Colorado making some news over the weekend. Our Locked On Pac-12, your daily podcast on the Pac-12 Conference. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Locked On Pac-12. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin. Thank you so much for making this your first listen or your first view of the day. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, and your number one source to stay up to date with our media rights free and beloved Conference of Champions. If you haven't already, please like, comment, subscribe wherever you listen to or watch the show. I appreciate all of you out there, no matter how you consume the show, which today is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook official sports book of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. So, do any of you know, just by a show of hands, who Phil Stefano is? Anyone? Anyone? Bueller? Bueller? Yeah, probably not. I'll be honest. I didn't know his name off the top of my head before the weekend rolled around, but Dion and Shador Sanders and the rest of the Colorado Buffaloes football team, they were not the only ones making the, shall we we say, some newsworthy headlines over the weekend. So Phil DiStefano is the chancellor at Colorado University, CU, or as we just kind of call it, Colorado. He had a number of quotes in a piece that was in USA Today that I found, uh, shall we say, most interesting. We're going to break down today on the show, plus some potential uh, meteorite stuff later today as well. But Phil DiStefano is out there. And he is making comments here. Again, this is on the record. This is not hot, Mike. This is a full interview here. No one's making him say this stuff. And there were a number of interesting things that we'll kind of parcel through here. So one thing that he uh, said is he feels there's a very good possibility the next deal will bring in per school revenues that rank third in the power five. Let's pause. Let's think about that for a moment. So the ACC's average deal is about $36 million a year, and it runs through 2036. And the Big 12's deal, which runs through the 2030-31 season, is averaging $31.6 million per school per year. And he thinks there's a very good possibility the next deal will be over both of those numbers. This comes on the heels of Robert Robbins, the Arizona president, who recently said he feels confident that the deal is going to be above at least where the Big 12 is at. Now, are they just providing fodder here to try and help the Pac-12's image? Do they really think that? Do they really care? You could go down any number of rabbit holes there. But that feeling keeps popping up amongst university presidents and chancellors, which leads me to believe they must feel more confident on the inside than a lot of people feel on the outside. I think that's the most likely. The other plausible scenario, though, and many of you will hold this opinion, is they're just trying to run cover. They're just saying something to sound good, to make people feel good, calm people down, whatever. Could be. I think that's that's entirely possible. The reason I lean towards the first one is that the Pac-12 has just not been super keen on fighting the PR fight here. But that was one thing I noticed, and every time a president says says that, I go, hmm. If that were going to happen, unless this stuff is just 
way more complex than any of us are realizing. And there's no actual timeline. And you know, what does final stages actually mean? Because we've heard that before. He made that comment as well, by the way. Well, we've heard final stages before, but what does final stages mean? Eh, nobody actually knows. I mean, in the eyes of some of these Pac-12 presidents who have gone on the record and said, yeah, the deal's in its final stages. We feel good about where it's at. They might very well have thought it's in its final stages, which means it'll be done within the next two months. We all kind of interpreted that to be the next few weeks, but there was no specificity there, which kind of leads us to, to where we are right now. So that was the first thing he says. Another thing that he pointed out, uh, Chancellor Stefano here, cool name, by the way. Phil Stefano. really, it's it, it rolls right off the tongue. He echoed what I have said here on the show, not just from a prediction standpoint, but also from a logic and competitive interest standpoint. He wants a five to seven year deal. <clears throat> Great minds think alike, Mr. Chancellor. He wants a five to seven year deal because he pointed out that in the previous Pac-12 deal, the first one that Colorado, of course, signed on to when they joined with Utah back in 2011, he said in the 12-year period that that deal was a part of, which when it was signed, by the way, was the most valuable amongst any of the five conferences. Yes, you can go check that out. I, too, was surprised to learn that. But the Pac-12 had signed the biggest. It was small potatoes compared to what the deals are worth nowadays. But he said basically in the 12-year window, when you commit to that long of a timeline and the ACC is stuck in this situation right now, he said, quote, I think in five years, we'll get a much better feel for streaming services. He also said, I meant to read that quote second, my bad. <laughs> the first quote that he said was, everyone passed us up. So he feels that if you ink yourself to a long-term deal, particularly if you're a school like Oregon or Washington, he's not hinting at that. I'm inferring that, but he's clearly thinking that with regards to his university as well. He feels that that's going to, you know, kind of tie you down and get you stuck. And remember, when the ACC deal was signed, it was it was heralded as like really good. It was forward thinking. It was visionary. It was all this sort of stuff. And now you look at it and go, wow, they're stuck. They can't get out of it, even if they want to. And the other thing he said on the timeline is, I think in five years, we'll get a much better feel for streaming services. Now, we've long expected here on the show, by we, I mean me, I suppose, but other people who have come through and opine, and the reporting that we've seen from people far more connected than I, is that there's going to be a streaming partner involved, whether that's Apple or Amazon. I have heard little rumblings, but again, no one really knows anything that Apple's kind of the leader at this point in time. But stuff is always susceptible to change in this business. Uh, that's just kind of the era that that we live in. And no one actually knows. <laughs> that's been my biggest takeaway for the last uh, four months now. Like No no one actually knows because we hear this. We hear that. We, someone says this. Someone says that. Nobody knows that sort of stuff. But, you know, it's fun to speculate anyway. So he he said that. And I, I think that's, a, I think that's a, a pretty good way of looking at it. Like if you're going to be the first conference to majorly involve a streaming partner, it's kind of like. How, how I see the Big Ten viewing expansion with USC and UCLA. I don't suspect the Big Ten wants to expand further because that's the messaging that we've gotten. And there hasn't been a major push to indicate otherwise, right? That they want to go after Oregon and Washington. They could one day, but I think right now, at least in the short term, the Big Ten wants to bring in USC and UCLA and all the value they provide, but then also kind of get a feel for what it is to have schools on the West Coast. What are the benefits? What are the drawbacks? Could we add more schools? You know, just kind of work out all the kinks and the logistics, not just in football, but with other sports as well, to get that right 
get more sure of, of all the processes that are involved in college, college sports, of which they're more than everyone probably realizes on a consistent basis. And then they want to maybe go back in the future and say, okay, now we want to go, you know, further West and look at Oregon, Washington, Cal, Stanford, whoever. Right. So I think that's a pretty reasonable way to look at the streaming services. Uh, if, if they're going to be, as we all expect them to be a part of the PAC 12 media deal is if you lock yourself into, you know, a 12 year deal in the PAC 12 network, that didn't work out so well because the PAC 12 network had some serious, serious flaws most principally not being on direct TV and so not being as accessible as it was supposed to be. And so if you lock yourself into that for 12 years, well, then you're stuck with it for 12 years. Might feel good at the time, but if it doesn't work out, it's kind of in all your eggs into this basket and it didn't work out once for the PAC 12 before. And I think being wary of that with regards to a new media entity, which the PAC 12 network was at the time, right? It was forward thinking. It was new. It was this flashy concept or whatnot. Didn't work out very well. Well, streaming services have not much of a reputation. Well, actually, no, that's not true. I'm going to take that back. See, those words almost went out and I just vacuumed them right back in. People have their own perceptions of the streaming services in the sports world, but they're starting to expand more and more into that realm. And I think his point here is well taken that if you go on a five-year deal, bump my mic, if you go on a five-year deal, five, six-year deal, if it's not working and you need to be completely linear or go back to the Pac-12 network or you know whatever the case may be, if you do that, then you have options, but you lock into a long-term deal you don't have options. He made more comments as well because you know what? Maybe he's just thinking of me here on the show. Wants to give me non-football stuff to talk about. We're going to get to plenty of spring football this week, by the way, because we had some spring games over the weekend. You can't bet those at FanDuel, but you can bet everything else. Like, you know, grand slams are back and no hitters and double plays. Everything's back and it's all there in FanDuel. No better place to get in on Major League Baseball action or the NBA playoffs than FanDuel. America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can step up to the plate with a no-sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars just go to fanduel.com slash locked on to sign up place your first bet get up to a thousand dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win you can pick aaron judge to hit a home run you can pick him to not hit a home run whatever you want it's on there don't miss your chance to get a no sweat first bet up to a thousand dollars when you join fanduel today that's fanduel.com slash locked on to sign up fanduel official partner of major league baseball (sighs) oh boy i'm gonna take a sip of water here Thank you for allowing me to do that. I really appreciate it. Just on a roll today. I love when Chancellor speak out. All right, let's uh, let's keep going through Chancellor DiStefano's uh, comments here. With regards to the idea of going to the Big 12, he was very much on the shutting it down sort of realm. He was not in the entertain it. Now, did he shut it down 100%? Nope. Get to that in a moment. Uh, said, quote, Nobody's asked us. I shouldn't even say that. We're committed to the Pac-12, which I'm sure people will interpret as Colorado wants to go to uh, the Big 12. Uh, went on to say, quote, what I've said along, all along with the other presidents and chancellors is we're not going to even think about going anywhere, none of us, until we see what kind of offer we get. And that's still being worked out. And I'm confident it's going to be fine. Now, that is not completely shutting the door, but it is stating very clearly what many people seem to not understand, which is these schools, 
that are being talked about as the Big 12 targets and whatnot, which the Big 12 is probably targeting them and has, and I think there have been valid reports about them reaching out and whatnot. Of course they would. They can provide a lot of value to the Big 12. Time zone, geography, caliber, pedigree, all that sort of stuff, right? Like, I understand that. What I understand why the Big 12 would want them. But a lot of people are under the impression, it seems, that those schools want to go to the Big 12. No, the only scenario in which any schools end up in the Big 12 is if the Pac-12 collapses, which I think only the Big 10 has the power to do. Because as we're hearing again, we've now heard from Arizona State's president, Michael Crow. We've now heard from Arizona's president, Robert Robbins. We've now heard from Utah's athletic director, Mark Harlan. And we've now heard from Colorado's chancellor, Phil DiStefano. None of them want to go to the Big 12. If they wanted to go to the Big 12, then they could have gone any time in the last six months and the Big 12 would have welcomed them with open arms. If they were to end up there one day, it would be because the PAC is unable to get any sort of deal or a deal that they find to be sufficient or the Big 10 comes in and craters the conference by taking four schools. That's... That's how schools from the Pac-12 end up in the Big 12. But they are making it very clear. And they no one's forcing them to go on the record here. All these presidents are saying the same thing. We're going to wait and see what the deal is. We feel like it's going to be fine. And we don't want to go to the Big 12. They don't want to go. Do not want to go. Could get forced to go though very unlikely to have that happen either, but they do not want to go. I'm going to reinforce that till every single person in the world uh, understands it. But the uh, other thing that he noted, yeah, he had, he had a lot of interesting quotes in here. I read the whole thing and I was, <laughs> boy, I was fascinated, as you can tell. Uh, he noted that the Big 12 only has one AAU member. Interesting. For all you people who want to come on here and make this all about athletics, which I would love for it to be at some level, I understand and appreciate and recognize that there is an academic component here because who votes on realignment? Remember, what's it going to say on my gravestone? Spencer McLaughlin, 1997 to, boy, I hope that year's a long time from now. What's it going to say? Talked about sports a lot. Quote, presidents vote on realignment. End quote. That's what it's going to say. I don't think you even need the first part. Just president's vote on realignment. That's all it's going to say. That's all I needed to say. But a lot of people want to make it out to be, you know, oh, it's just about athletics. Who cares about academics and all this sort of stuff? I'm telling you, you don't have to agree with it, but I am telling you the presidents and chancellors of these universities care very much about academics. That is why he is bringing it up. That's why it has been brought up before. It's why you had Robert Robbins say, why would we go to the Big 12 for a few million dollars a year more? His operating budget, all of their other operating budgets are, are so much larger. And yes, athletics have, I think, a contribution to their universities that go beyond their actual dollar value. But if you're talking about three, four, five million dollars or whatever, it's not going to register in a major way. It, it, it's just not with the presence. It might with the athletic directors. They might feel differently about it because it'll affect their budgets and what they can pay coaches and what they can pay assistants and players with NIL and all. Well, that comes from outside money. So I guess that that part's a little bit different. But that sort of stuff, the academic component of it, 
I will continue bringing it up on the show because it continues to be relevant and because they continue to mention it. And that's kind of how this works. People talk, I opine and comment on what they say. And he is saying that that sort of stuff matters. So he uh, noted that the Big 12 only has one AAU school, that being Kansas, and Colorado is an AAU school itself. And also pointed out, and again, this is the beyond athletics component of this, he pointed out that the Colorado alumni, that they engage with alumni who, you know, donate money to the university, big cash cows, these colleges, if you didn't know, I assume many of you did. They engage a lot more with those alumni in California cities than it ever has in big 12 cities. That is what he is on there saying. Because it is true, because you have a lot more money in that particular part of the country. And that is what these colleges are out to do. Get as much. That is the president and chancellor's number one objective. Get as much money coming into the school as possible, whether that's for athletics, academics, for new dorms, new projects, like whatever, right? Line in their own pockets, say whatever you want about it. But that is a point that these presidents care about very deeply, like where you are, where your alumni are, where you meet up with them, how much money they have. All that sort of stuff. Anyway, uh, he also said that he'd like to have 12 schools, <clears throat> San Diego State and SMU. Daily plug for San Diego State and SMU. Uh, said he, he had an interesting comment in there as well that expansion depends on the media deal, which is, quote, getting close. <laughs> you know, there's an old. Uh, that what's what's the uh, what's the line from George W. Bush? J. Cole uses it in the song. He says, um. There's an old saying in uh, Texas, probably in Tennessee, that says, uh, fool me, fool me once, shame on, shame on you. Yeah, yeah, fool me, can't get fooled again. So, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. So, when I hear a president or chancellor say, the Pac-12 media deal is getting close, I'm not going to get my hopes up here. I'm not going to say that's two weeks away because that's all they say. Final stages, getting close, almost done, whatever. It's clearly going to be whenever they feel like it. Well, kind of. And when they can find a deal that they deem to be uh, agreeable. So uh, he also uh, went on to discuss, you know, the hiring of Coach Prime. That that stuff is interesting. If you want to go read it, it's definitely uh, worth it. And he said, basically, yeah, it's already paying off. Yeah, it is already paying off. Um, also talked about easing academic restrictions to let more students or to let more athletes in, let more transfers in, make it easier to have that happen. Um, and said that's something that Carl Durrell never came and talked to him about. They made the right hire there. All right. That's enough Colorado talk for now. If you got questions, if you got comments, by all means, drop them on YouTube. Or hit me up on Twitter at Smalls underscore 55 or at LO underscore Pac-12. The way the next two people have, they've asked, A-S-K-E-D, phenomenal questions. Also, please let me know how that George W. Bush sounded. Don't know if it was my best ever, but feel like it was bad. was not bad. I feel like if I can get like six, seven out of 10, I got like a six and a half to seven out of 10 when I did a, a George Costanza a while back. Um, yeah, I take uh, I take my impressions way too seriously, like way too seriously. I do way too many voices. I've got way too much downtime to myself and I'll just be driving in the car and I'll just like rattle off a bunch of different voices. Why? I don't know. It's kind of fun. All right, let's get to some questions here. 
Andy Carter asks, how might companies like Apple and Amazon benefit from taking over the Pac-12 network or its production facility? Should we view any deal to purchase the network of its production operations separate from the media rights deal, or would it all be a package deal? If the latter, how much might the former contribute to the per school per year dollar share from the media rights deal? So this is an interesting discussion, and I think part of what is being negotiated right now is what do you do with the Pac-12 network, the infrastructure that's there that is notoriously uh, lavish, shall we say. That was something that was discussed when it came out as, wow, they're spending a lot on production costs here because they wanted it to be big. They wanted it to be great, to be as good as possible, and then they didn't get it on DirecTV, and that was an epic fail. But the actual infrastructure of the network, everything that it takes to get that broadcast onto your television, all the equipment, all of the, you know, all the physical infrastructure of where they have their offices, which are currently in San Francisco, do you move those to Las Vegas and whatnot, all the personnel, all the logistics, like there are so many things you need cameras, you need directors, you need producers, you need talent, you need, by the way, hire me anytime. But you you need all that sort of stuff. Now, I don't believe that that's impacting the valuation of the deal in a significant way, but the Pac-12 network, you know, took some football games, but the biggest games typically were on uh, linear television, Fox and uh, ESPN over the years. And I expect that to be the case with ESPN and, you know, maybe another cable partner in there, or, you know, Apple could come in and swoop some, some big time games and such. But there's a lot of content on the Pac-12 network. So if you're Apple or Amazon, I, I think what they would look to do if they're trying to become a major partner is they have to determine how big of a partner do they want to be? Do they want to be somebody who just has like a Friday night game or just has a Saturday night game? Or do they want to be kind of the new home for the Pac-12 network content? Could be something that they are deciding as we speak, as I record this show and as you listen to or watch this, which are two different times, could be happening at both times. We do not know. So I, I think what, what is really fascinating is what's the calculation, and we can't know because we're not privy to these conversations, what's the calculation for Apple and Amazon? Do they want to go and buy the Pac-12 network you know, infrastructure and production and everything and all the tech and everything that they have there and then just take that over, put in you know uh, some of their own people, maybe add uh, some of their own new technology and whatnot, and use that to generate content? Or do they just want to be someone who's like got some games here and there that, that they get to show? Because that'll determine what happens to the Pac-12 network. If the Pac-12 network continues existing as we know it, there'll still be a lot of content on there. Your baseball, your softball, your basketball games, right? Like the non-major stuff, you know, a lot of non-revenue, almost exclusively non-revenue sports on there with a handful of football games. Like it, it could be very jumbled. There, there is a, a scenario in which you, you still have Pac-12 network kind of, or it might be Pac-12 network streaming. I'm not clear on how that uh, would exactly shift because I think we, we really don't know, but you could have Pac-12 network, you could have a streaming partner and you could have two cable partners. You could. You could absolutely do it, but I don't think it's impacting the value of the media deal. I don't think that Amazon's going to be willing to, you know, up the amount they're bidding for the rights to broadcast the games if they're also paying for the the, the network 
um, there, there might be an upfront cost to purchase that equipment if they decide to do that. But I don't think that it's going to radically uh, shift. And in, in my understanding, I, I don't think that's going to radically shift uh, what what the deal would uh, would actually be here. So, uh, good question, though. Uh, good question. And, and by the way, the first part of your question, Andy, how might companies like Apple and Amazon benefit from taking over the network or its production facility? It could make things a lot smoother. It could make things a lot easier for them. How those talks go down? That's up to all the executives and whatnot. Uh, here's a fun one. Kurth Thrap. Is that supposed to be Kurt? I don't know. Might be Kurth. Kurt Kurth asks uh, this question. Hey, Spencer, who's a media partner, Dark Horse? I want to make this very clear before you all start ripping me in the comments. I've got I've got two names here for you. Dark Horse. Now, when we use the term dark horse, we are referring to an entity that may, if given the right circumstances, have the opportunity to accomplish what we are discussing here. For example, last year, who was a dark horse that I listed to win the Pac-12? UCLA and Oregon State. Neither of them got to the conference championship game. Did they have a path, though? Were they close? Were they good teams? Yes, they were. So we're talking about a dark horse here. I've got two for you. Number one, CBS. CBS is a dark horse here because as their broadcast schedule is currently constructed, they don't have a primetime slot for a college football game that is open for them. Going to let that sink in a little bit because everybody wants to be. Now, maybe CBS doesn't want to compete with college football primetime compared to Fox and ESPN, NBC, and everybody else that, that is involved there. But they have a window if they wanted to, if they saw sufficient value or an option or to be a partner that that they could have an opportunity to put some games on there. I don't think they'd be as numerous on CBS as on ESPN, but it's a possibility. Now, we talked about ION and CW. I don't think those are dark horses at this point. This one, this one is uh, this is me doing some digging here because when you ask me a question, I appreciate it very much because number one means you're supporting the show. You could be an everydayer out there. You could be an every other dayer out there in terms of how often you listen to the show. I appreciate you all regardless. And when you ask me a question, it makes my job a little easier. It makes it more fun, honestly. Like obviously, I have a bunch of thoughts on stuff, but I like knowing what you are all thinking about. Here's a real like shot in the dark sort of dark horse. D-A-Z-N, you'd call it Dazen, Dazen, whatever. D-A-Z-N is a streaming service, and I am going to make this very clear. This is all speculative, not reporting anything, haven't heard they're involved, but you asked me for a dark horse, that's what I'm giving here. D-A-Z-N is a streaming service that launched in 2016. They are very, very big into, wait for it, European soccer. So are they strangers to the sports space? Nope. And what have I talked about for the last several weeks here on the show discussing this ongoing saga of the Pac-12 media rights negotiations? When you push the timeline, according to the tweet from Stuart Mandel, out to the end of May, early June, you allow the opportunity to go start new negotiations with a new media entity and see if they want to bid for the rights to broadcast Pac-12 sports in some capacity. So if you're looking for names that we haven't heard of right now, right, we've heard ESPN, Apple, 
Amazon, the CW, Ion Television. Just go down the list. Turner was in there at one point. Fox, of course, CBS. Like, go. I might have already said CBS, but go down the list. You want an outside the box idea? Is it uncommon for companies nowadays to be aggressive, to expand, to be everywhere they want to be? Yeah, DAZN is big in European soccer. They might not even know anything about American football. Maybe they'd like to. Maybe, maybe they'd like to. That's my media horse, dark horse, media rights, dark horse for the day. I think that's enough for one day. Thank you so much for listening. You're all the best. Appreciate all of you. See you next time. And until then, have a wonderful rest of your day.